every kingdom divided against itself is laid waste. No city or house divided against itself will stand. Matthew 12.25 Division, deception, misinformation, mistrust. In a nation where so many in the faith are wondering how we got here, and many question if there's any way to reconcile, we bring you a space designed to ensure that truth reclaims the fringes, open, honest, and real. No filter. Nothing is off limits. Nothing is out of bounds. This is Two Americas, One God. Welcome to the latest curation of Two Americas, One God, a podcast designed to ensure that the truth continues to reclaim the fringes. And I am Jordan, and we are excited because today we get to have a very real and raw conversation with our good friend, Andy Andrew, author of She is Free, Fake or Follower, and the latest, in my personal opinion, greatest book, Friendship. It's complicated, and it is, but trust me, it's really good, as she has a genuine passion for seeing the fullness of the gospel of Jesus Christ outworked practically and powerfully in our everyday lives. So trust me when I tell you today, we put all that to the test. But as you can imagine, she definitely passes. So I don't want to wait any longer. Ladies and gentlemen, Please enjoy this very real 2A1G combo with Andy Andrew. Let's go. Andy Andrew, welcome to the podcast. <laughs> yes. It's so good to be here and see your faces. I know not everybody can, but I get to. And you yeah. guys look amazing. Well, thank you. Thank <laughs> well, you so very much. Well, she started out the interview with a lie. <laughs> I, I know, right? Yeah. We want genuine authenticity, Man. Andy. Oh, sorry. Yeah. Okay, let's reverse. Yeah. yeah. No, I'm not lying. Okay, <laughs> good, good. Yeah. Like, none of us definitely rolled out of bed over here. We put on our Sunday best for sure. Okay, now we're lying. <laughs> yeah, because yeah. I work from home on Fridays, so I get to look yep. just like this. <laughs> <laughs> I can't say anything. I get to look like this anyway. So it all works out. Yeah. Yeah. Such a beautiful thing. But Andy, really, really happy to have you here. I'm just so excited for those who know of Andy. You know that she is a light. I mean, just period. And so just uh, the fact that she had the audacity to say yes to coming here and having a conversation with us, that's dude, Stop. worth Stop. all this weight in gold. Mm -hmm. oh, I'm so glad to be here. How many years have we? I mean, Devin, I just got to meet you. Yes. But Jordan, how long have we known each other? It's been almost 11, 12 years. It's yeah. been a long time. Yeah, borderline. Yeah, just I remember it was funny because I was going to tell Devin the story. It's just, you know, Andy and Paul, you know, they were, they are still a pretty big deal. And so the first <laughs> time that I, I met them uh, directly, I remember it like it was yesterday. Y'all came in to do a, like a Soul Central service or something. And I just remember, oh, yeah, you, you tag team the service and stuff. And I'm I'm like security and assistance for like Joe. And so we, <laughs> I know exactly, I'm, I'm that guy. Yeah, um, the bouncer. Yeah. So yeah. I meet them at the door and it was funny. We hopped in the elevator because they were going up to the little green room at the time. And, you know, protocol is in your service and worship, don't say a word. Right. And, right. <laughs> but I'm sitting there in the elevator 
And Andy makes a statement. I'm like, it, it can't be toward me. So I'm just looking forward, not thinking anything. She's like, hey, you. I was like, wait, what, me? Huh? <laughs> hey, yeah, I'm, I'm doing great. How are you? not higher no i'm just kidding yeah it did yeah. it did it did yeah but i mean it was so cool and then you know just started having these like really random holy spirit conversations and every time they would come in town uh we would just always uh connect i would randomly see them mm. walking down the strip on the beach or something because i was probably in the middle of picking somebody up and praying to god that i got their coffee order right but um you know, very important. You'll be kicked extremely, right off the security hosting. Extremely host yeah. important. Mm -hmm. uh, that's life or death. Yeah, yeah. It is. Yeah. That's Old Testament. That's that's the 614th law right mm -hmm. there. It uh, is. Thou shalt make sure that coffee is straight. <laughs> 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 but anyway, I'm going to overgloat because we are so excited to have you. But definitely game to have this conversation. We're excited. We're going to talk about a mm -hmm. few things, I'm sure. But one of the main things that we're discussing is that you have a book that came out. And so we would love for you to kind of lay out some of the groundwork on that. And then from there, we're going to drill you with a yes. lot of very intense. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> but we are. No, kidding. go ahead. I love it. <laughs> sweet, sweet, sweet. Uh, so, yeah, you have a book. What was the name of the book again? The book is called Friendship. It's complicated, but we could just call it Relationships. They're complicated if you want. We can rename it for our podcast because just kidding. It's, it's called Friendship. It's complicated. Honestly, it's been a five year book in the making. It wasn't spurred on because of 2020, but I did finish writing it that year. And gosh, plenty of inspiration. So, so that's the title bit, of the book. A little bit, a little bit. I have a lot of relational issues coming out of 2020. So I'm, I'm definitely going to pick your brain to get me through these listen, things. You listen, you're, not, yeah. you're not alone. You're not alone. That's the whole world. So yeah. All those love is attributes. I'm like, oh. I don't think oh, I, no. I don't think I practice any of these anymore. <laughs> mm. Oh my god. Hopefully hopefully you do. Well, with some people. Yeah. We're going to don't worry. We'll walk this all through together. Okay. Okay, good. 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 <laughs> yeah. All right. I want can I uh can I pay you through my HSA for the mental therapy or do you take 100%. insurance? No. Okay. Good. No, for free today. For free today. <laughs> oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. Well, I love the fact that you took the opportunity to break the book down into two parts. Yeah. And and to be honest with you, like you said, it, it was joking because I know this one's technically for the girls, but it's not mm -hmm. because it really is just about relationships. But I love the fact that the first one that you did was the what section called Facing Yourself. I, I love that one because I know that that's something that we have a tendency to not do right now. Um, I'm even yeah. teaching a class, uh, Faith and Culture, over at the college. And one of the things I have the students do is I have them write a self-aware, self-care journal. They don't get it right, but it, God bless them. They, they try. <laughs> they do. Uh, because I really want them to draw out the understanding of, hey, I have these issues. I want to make sure that I do not have a log when I am getting ready to address the plank. And so yeah. uh, can you kind of walk us through just the understanding of how you were able to flesh that out? First and foremost, everybody get the book. Uh, but inside of it, you would be amazed at the amount of realness, the raw concept that she is adding to this just by going through her own life. And just, I mean, when I say it's not, oh, just let me peel back this one onion. No, she just took the knife and just chopped <laughs> straight down. Yeah, so. I feel like that's how God made me. I'm like, let's laugh because laughter is good, but also let's have open heart surgery while we do it. And I think that's just kind of the way he made me is to go there right away. And I, I do want to give a little bit more background on the book and how it came to be and why the first section is called facing yourself. And then the second section is basically about uncomplicating all the things. And 
the reason why self-awareness, and I love that you do that with your students, Jordan, I think that's so important is if we're, if we're not self-aware in any of our relationships, then what we're doing is we're looking to somebody else Mm -hmm. to meet needs that they're probably not able to meet. We have these unspoken expectations of people and how much do we know in our own marriages, even that our unspoken expectations of one another bring the biggest breakdown, right? (laughs) Right? My, my God, you're preaching now. Amen. Yes. So I think what I realized was five years ago when this, this book started to actually be a work that God was doing in my life. So before I can write anything, I have a holy conviction that I've got to live it first because I don't want to give concept and theory to people. I want to give like, here's a road that I walked down. And if you want to go this way, you <laughs> How about can. that? <laughs> wow. Well, Novel. Just, a, just an idea. <laughs> just an idea for anyone that wants to write or do anything. Yeah. <laughs> just try to live it first. And yeah. so... I think for me, what I realized is five years ago, I was just in this season where a lot of my female friendships were just breaking down around me and it like literally burning to the ground. And I went, what is going on? And I got, what's the first thing that we do when relationships break down? We, our human nature automatically points the finger. So that's what we do. We're not necessarily going to be self-aware and like, let's reflect on what I've done wrong here. We're going, <laughs> look at it. That's not what we do. I wish it was. But we're, I was, you know, trying to figure out why that happened and that happened, overthinking everything. And then I just felt the Holy Spirit say to me, hey, Andy, you are the common denominator in every relationship that you're in. I was like, whoa, that <laughs> is rude and intense and very confronting. Wow. So, um, Yeah. So that was kind of the moment of the beginning of doing a lot of work in my own heart and life to realize I've got some serious issues and unspoken expectations and unmet needs that I'm looking for in these other women, in these friendships. And then when it goes wrong, I just, I'm like at a, at a loss. So the Lord really started to peel back the layers for me. And chapter one is called the woman wound. I mean, when you say we just go there, I don't, I'm not like, let's ease in. I'm like, let's just open up your childhood wounds with your mother. <laughs> and uh, pull and, full of heartache and you dive in. Right. Yeah, I think, yeah. Yeah. Cool, cool. yeah. Well, cause the thing is, is male or female, we all have a mother. Hello. We yeah. came from a womb yeah. We're here today. And so whether they were present or not, controlling, overbearing, whatever the story is, we actually have to be self-aware to go, wow, I, I created some attachment issues or there's probably attachment issues that I have from my childhood that I am trying to, in my adult years, I'm trying to fix, mm. I'm trying to work on through other people instead of doing the work in, in whether I need to go to therapy or prayer or ministry or whatever it is. And I just need to do the work with Jesus. Anyway, I think for me, that's why I started there. Cause a lot of times we'll talk about the father wound. We'll talk about those issues, but often we forget that there was a mother that we were, whose womb we were created in, who nurtured us or not. And so what I had to look at, I have this beautiful redeemed relationship with my mom. She writes part of chapter one, which is really cool. Mm -hmm. But growing up, like our lives were not great. And I was my mom's emotional mother. So we grew in this very codependent way where I learned how to carry all her issues for her for a, from a very young age. She would open up to me about things that were completely inappropriate for me to know. Like I would never talk to my kids about the stuff she talked to me about. She gave me permission to say all this, by the way. So if yeah. you think I'm yeah. throwing yeah. my mom under the bus and they're like, whoa, a bus just drove by and she threw her mom under it. No. No um, Brittany and Jamie Lynn Spears happening no. over here. No. no. Okay. okay. Just checking. No, no, that's it's not like happening. like a battle rap in interviews with Brittany and Jamie Lynn. We'll leave that alone though. Let's just pray for them. All right, cool. Keep it moving. Keep it moving. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. So I think that that's where I had to go is I was like, wow, I am a recovering codependent. 
I had learned how to emotionally carry my mother's issues, fast forward into my adult years, become a pastor of a church, leading people, and they want to be your friend and you want a friend, and then you make friends, and then they throw their issues on you and you go, oh, yes, that's totally my fault. I'll carry that for you. Yes. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, yeah, and, yeah, yeah. And then when you realize, wow, I'm really not living, I'm not Jesus. Like that, you realize that actually codependency becomes a Messiah complex. Wow, yeah. And, oh, you're yeah, trying, yeah. and then they're disappointed in you because you just didn't hit the mark for them. And then the relationship burns to the ground. And I was like, this is a bad cycle. So I just had to get into a place where I started to own my own stuff. And then when people would throw their stuff on me, I'd go, you know, that's not my issue. I'm going to need you to take that before God, fix that and carry that. I'm willing to walk with you and work with you, but I'm not willing to do your work for you. Mm. And so over the last five years have been like this really maturation of my relationships with other women, with relationships in general. So that's kind of where it started. So I know I just talked a lot, but that's just to help to set the groundwork of where it began and why we go on a journey of ownership and then to a place where the final chapter is called Becoming Spiritual Midwives. I know that's not like a real guy thing, except for I did have a guy midwife for my first child. Oh, One of okay. All right. It, it, we don't it judge happened. here on the podcast. And that's also why we need a YouTube thing because yeah. the fingers said it all. Mm -hmm. Yes. So y'all know <laughs> I had a midwife. He was a guy. Take uh -huh. it. Uh -huh. Okay. Yes. And honestly, shouldn't they be called midfathers then? Anyway. Hey, so, I'll take mid hubbies. That. I don't know. Yeah. No. Uh, but they're not really. Well, I mean, they might be well, somebody else. They're not really. Husband. They're not midwife. Midwife. Why would oh, it be midhubby? Look at us. Look at us. We're gonna uh. let's drill down on this later, guys. Mid yeah, we, yeah, we need to unpack that. We need to research. We need to research. We need to unpack but, that. But the end of the book, the journey is you go dealing with your own crap to birthing the dreams of others. Mm -hmm. That's the whole thing is like where life is no longer all about you, but you genuinely thrive and releasing and coming alongside other people. And so that's the journey really that it takes you on. That's exactly what I look for in leaders who I want to follow because I think so much, especially in, in the Christian church, everything is so much about like, look at how perfect I am and look at me emulating Christ who's perfect. And now people have to think that I am also now perfect. Yes, exactly. <laughs> Again, good, it's a, you really do need a YouTube it, I know because it's a, it's an audio like, medium, but Jordan's like, over here raising his hands. Y'all need to be seeing and, yeah, this right now. <laughs> uh, and, uh, you know, so just your, your approach to be vulnerable and humble about it, especially somebody who is in your position, you know, you are a, in a position of influence and a lot of people look up to you and to kind of pull the curtain back and let people see all the stuff that might be in there that isn't great is, you know, commendable because so many people struggle doing that, myself mm -hmm. included. I mean, that's just something that we really struggle mm -hmm. with. There was a passage that you said in the book about basically the scars that we have are what exist for us to help others get through it. And I, I've realized that over the last several years as well. I don't know what it is about the last five years, uh, but <laughs> I think we've all had a lot of growth yeah. over yeah, the last five years. So <laughs> yeah, a little bit of a lot, a little bit, yeah. a little bit. And just, you know, you saying that, and I've been saying that to so many people, especially in the, in the midst of them going through something difficult. It's like you realize that when you get on the other side of this and you're okay, you're going to have an amazing ability to help people who are going through the same thing. Yeah. But that starts with, you know, humility and being vulnerable and going through it. So, I mean, your approach to the book was, you know, spot on from at least what, what I was hoping for from, <laughs> from a book like that. <laughs> Thank you. So even though I'm not one of the ladies, it's okay. I still have relationships okay. and, and it matters. But one of the the big things, and I think this is what's kind of going on right now that's so stressful with relationships because I know I've had a lot of 
stress in relationships or a lot of fractured relationships or maybe even just flat out abandoned relationships over the last couple of years with a a whole plethora of things, which I've ranted and raved on the podcast about. So, uh, (laughs) no way. Yeah. But one of the things that you mentioned was, you know, in a relationship, we all bring our family origins. We all bring our own narratives and our own worldview. I think the most important way to start to change maybe who we are and how we interact with the world is by not only understanding those things, but coming to terms with what of those things are actually foundationally true and what of those things are just simply stuff that we were fed that we now believe and we kind of have to get over that. So how do, how do you approach that? Oh, that's such a good question. I think it's really important because, again, what we have to understand is every relationship we come to, we come with a lens on. And my friend Kaylee, she's our roommate as well, but she she always says, like, am I looking at this through a gospel lens or am I looking through? And there's multiple lenses. So we have to pay attention when I come into any relationship or sit at any table or read and consume any information, what lens am I looking at it through? And so the best way for us to do that in in our own lives is to sometimes what you have to do. I mean, I don't know if you guys know Pete Scazzaro as well. He's got You're such... dipping in my sermon, ma'am. I was oh! gonna get there later. Good God. Oh, okay. Gee, do you want me to pause? Creepers. Should we pause? No, I'm just kidding. Go ahead. That's fine. You can dip right into you. No, because no, I have to be emotionally and I have to be emotionally yeah. healthy. So I'm gonna let that go. I'm gonna release that to you. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, no, that what's so funny is I think five years ago, now that I think about it, I picked up his book, Emotionally Healthy Spirituality, long title, worth it, but Emotionally Healthy Spirituality. And there's like a, you can get a devotional that goes along with it. It helps you understand your family of origin. It helps you understand how your emotions get entangled and weird, but how to have healthy emotions in your discipleship, in your following of Jesus. I think a huge part of the problem that I realized in myself is with relationships, I can tell that when I need to be right or I'm too prideful or all of those sorts of things, I haven't crucified myself that day. I haven't picked up my cross that day. Mm. I haven't submitted my life fully that day because there's still parts of my flesh that are crying out to be vindicated, right, seen, loved. But instead it's like, oh my gosh, God, like, why do I do this when it's like, hey, we're supposed to submit our lives daily, lay it all down. We have to, I think one of our biggest issues at hand in the church right now is lack of humility and teachability is, is we're just in a place where we have to be right for the sake of being right. And so it's destroying relationships instead of going, okay, I don't understand that. Help me see you help me understand, help me. We don't know how to sit at a table anymore and listen to somebody else's narrative or their story or their lens or what they've grown up with, because we're so we're thinking about our comeback or our statement or what we're going to post or write or say to be right. We lack humility. We lack, I mean, we lack teachability. Do you have a I never want to stop learning, right? What what did you say? I'm I'm, I'm saying if I have something to stand up and shout you down. He keeps wanting these visual cues. So, so my. You really do need a YouTube channel. We've talked about it. Yeah. 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 So, one of of my just immediate thoughts from that is because this is what I, that's probably the area I struggle in. So, we all do. so it's, if, it's more so him. It's definitely yeah. me. It's absolutely oh, okay. me. Yeah. You? See, I'm aware of it. I just don't do the the crucifying thing each day. So, oh, cool. but but I'm aware that I I need, to, I need to do others. it. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so it's it, he's not wrong. He's not wrong. So for instance, if I have that conversation with somebody and I give them the patience and I give them the time to to explain to me what they're feeling and they're still absolutely dead wrong. 
<laughs> how, how do I, cause there are, look, there are times, this is kind of the problem, right? Like we've, we've gotten to a point where I think man has progressed with kind of the, you know, the, the enlightenment age, right? Like we're able to unpack these things a lot more. We're able to talk about these things. People are, we're way more accepting of vulnerability and we have safe spaces now. It feels like with mental health things and all this type of stuff. Yeah. But you, you can't, just dismiss somebody because their perception is their reality when it doesn't really align with what's true. <laughs> and yeah. so how do, how do we, how do we work through those things? You know, I think that's just really difficult because there's a couple of aspects to that. I mean, is this person one of your closest friends? Because that makes it difficult. Mm -hmm. And I'm even walking through something with a friend right now who is realizing what's happened over these last couple of years. And this has happened to me too, is some friends where you are so aligned with the alignment's gone mm -hmm. and relationships yeah. really have changed. And there yeah. has yeah. been some come to Jesus, some defining the relationship conversations that I think a lot of people are having. So if that's a friendship or a relationship that you're close to some of those things you have to decide like are we okay to be on different playing fields even though i know you're wrong <laughs> or whatever you know what i mean <laughs> yeah, yeah. or i believe you're wrong you have to go are we okay or does this change our relationship but i think there's a part of this too where i'm realizing so my son my eldest son the other day he he's 16 now and i gosh i just enjoy the conversations that i have with him and i realize how old i'm getting to uh <laughs> but it's all right you know it's weird. I'm mm -hmm. like, oh, I'm like a mom of six, of six year old. Um, yeah. I wonder what so, kind of baggage he's going to be carrying from you, just like you did from your no, own mother. You're, you're right, though. <laughs> and I was like, I'll pay for your, your therapy when you're older, yeah. guys. Uh -huh. Just let me know. Let me know when you need it. I'll, yeah. I'm, I'm in. I'm in for your wholeness. <laughs> we have 529 for education. We need like a 530 for therapy. Yeah, we need a, we a tax deferred really, account really for that. We yeah. do. He said this two, it was two mornings ago. We were sitting at the table just chatting and he goes, you know, mom, and it was some famous rapper. And this is when I know I'm old because I forgot the rapper's oh, name. Yeah. He's like, you know, this rapper was being It's okay. It's probably not worth remembering the name. No. Unless it's Thank like you. 90s okay. West Coast. I'm like, I don't know who this is. Yes. 90s, <laughs> I would remember. But, but so, so he says this rapper's name and apparently he was being interviewed and he's like, what do you hope for the world? And what's your wish or your hope or your dream? for the world. And, and Zeke was saying, you know, he didn't say world peace, but he said, I wish that we could all learn to get, disagree and still get along. That yeah. would be my hope for the world. Maybe like that we still listening disagree. To. What was that? Maybe, Maybe he is. Yeah, I'm like, wait, yeah. what was this Maybe. rapper's name? We yeah. need to know. He's like, and Bugatti's for everybody. <laughs> <laughs> I'm good with it. But I think, and I was even talking to another mom who, you know, has a young adults and teenagers and some of the curriculum and she's a homeschooler walking through some stuff with her kids, but her and one of her sons were like having this major conversation about a very hot topic. And her son looks her in the eyes and goes, Hey, Hey mom, even if we disagree on this, we're still good. Right. And she's like, yeah, of course we are. And just realizing that disagreement doesn't have to mean divorce, but I think that we don't know how to do that right now. And I think it's, I think unfortunately what, what we're going to see in probably three to five years time is we're going to look back at the wreckage and go, Oh my gosh, I was so prideful. Or I, you know, you asked me, how do we do this? I mean, how do we do this guys? <laughs> I just think it's, I feel like it's, I it's telling around a lot of things, but you it, know, it's telling to me how we would 
all kind of think, oh, what's a, what's an enlightening thing to say from someone being asked that question? They're like, oh, world peace. Like we used to really aim high. And now today kids, it, things are so bad for our kids that they're just like, I just want to be able to disagree with a friend and still be friends. Like, man, we're setting the bar really low. We've come back a lot. But at the same time, I think mm-hmm. we, we were all blind to the actual underlying issues of the past. We weren't getting along or agreeing there either. We just ignored it. And yeah. now we're kind of coming to terms with it. I think it's a yeah. little bit of, um, actually, I think it's both. It's funny you say that because you say that we've dumbed it down a little bit from world peace to just getting along. <laughs> I, I don't know, you know, call me old fashioned, but I think biblically, I think that is the very definition of peace. I love the fact that, yeah. uh, you know, you touched on First Corinthians uh, mm-hmm. chapter 13, uh, the chapter that should not be mentioned <laughs> at any wedding. We'll leave that alone. I said what I said. Uh, but I love where you put it specifically because you put it in a chapter, chapter three on navigating betrayal. And then I want you to unpack that in a little bit. But <laughs> the reason I say that though is because if you look at that chapter and everything that love is supposed to be, it ties itself a lot to Galatians chapter 5, 22, 23 with the fruit of the spirit. And yes. we get the fruit of the spirit with the understanding that we attain it. It's not an emotion. It's not something that's tied to our emotions, uh, but it helps us to navigate our emotions in a way that is supernaturally in lockstep with Jesus. So, you know, I think about, you know, how he had to do life with the Pharisees, the Sadducees, the Essenes, and the disciples, and how he cussed everybody out. Uh, but yet still he had love for each and every one of them. And he mm-hmm. still had his joy and he still had peace. And he had peace in the midst of all the turmoil because people are trying to kill him, people hating on him. Uh, people saying, mm-hmm. marry me, bury me, Jesus. Uh, please grow my arm back. Please bring me back to life. You know, is is all these things that he had to walk through in the process, yet he still managed to have peace. And so I just, I love mm-hmm. the fact that, you know, in your book, I think that you do that. It's hilarious almost to think that some people think that just getting along means that you have to deprive yourself of peace. That should well, not I, be the case. Go ahead. Yeah, Well, absolutely. can I talk about that for a second? Because yeah. I think, please and, unpack. and I, I don't remember which chapter it's in, but I do talk about the difference between peacemaking and peacekeeping. Yes, you do. Right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, right. Because peacekeeping is about being quiet so that you can keep the peace, keep the water, like keep the water still. Like we don't, we don't want to rock the boat, but peacemaking actually is confrontation half the time. It's having hard conversations. Jesus was and is our peace. He mm-hmm. is our shalom. And even when you look at the Hebrew word, it's like if a wall was broken down, he is the, he fills in the missing parts. Like it is work to fill in the missing parts, right. the confronted things. And so the way that he brought peace was not the avoidance of hard conversations. It was entering into them. It was confronting sin. It was confronting our humanity. It was confronting. That's how we actually have the shalom of heaven enter into our lives that we can be walking in the most chaotic of circumstances, but we still have peace because we chose to make it and have the hard conversation. So I think I'm with you on that. I think that you're right. It's not just necessarily about getting along and keeping things peaceful. It's about making peace. And that that's, that's difficult. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. How do we determine when it's worth it? Because that's a great question. <laughs> He's not going to let this go. Yeah. Let's well, go. No, because this is yeah. something that I think I think we we all spend so much time spinning our wheels, whether it's trying to prove ourselves right or, or actually yeah. genuinely yeah. make someone change their mind. But we do it. We spend our time on people that maybe we shouldn't be spending our time on. And, and then we also maybe we don't spend enough time on people we really should. Hey, 281G fam, this is Jordan. And I wanted to invite you to engage with us. And you can do so so far by one of two ways. The first, 
by good old-fashioned email. The number two, Americas, the number one, God, podcast at gmail.com. The other is our 2A1G conversation space you can find on FB. Engage, ask real questions. Heck, bleed if you are frustrated. It's all good. We can take it. We just want to support you. Also, don't forget to like, subscribe, share, rate, review, all those other crazy things. Uh, But just help get the word out. Hey, thank you 2A1G family for your support and for continuing to make sure the truth reclaims the fringes. Yeah, yeah. yeah. No, I'm just busting your balls. I'm yeah, just, I know. I, I'm, I, used I, no, I'm used to that. I'm used to We'll work I, through this later. We'll talk it out. We will. <laughs> Don't make peace later, guys. <laughs> yeah. It's going to be okay. Yeah. But no, I do, I do think you have to have discernment on what is worth it and what's not. And so if there's been years of investment in a relationship, I think if there has been discord, if there's been a breakdown... And you're both willing to reciprocate and have a conversation, even though it's difficult. I think it's worth it. Yeah, if there's good. no if there's no reciprocity, it's not worth it. I mean, as a pastor and leader, I mean, and I'm just going to speak from this position for a moment. I mean, you're just like a target for gossip and slander, right? So that's like one thing that just is a normal part. That's like part of the job. That's unless you did it. <laughs> Never mind. Uh, and then if you did it, you're still you a target, him. though. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, but yeah, you're yeah. a deserving yeah. target. <laughs> yeah. 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 Uh, if you did it. We didn't come to talk about that today, so I just, yeah, stricken that from the argument. Do we want to name names who deserve? No, 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 (laughs) no. So there's been moments, though, is I'm, and the reason why I'm talking about this is worth it. So not even just as a pastor, think about a friendship or a relationship where there's been gossip or slander. You have someone that's been talking about you, um, someone where there is betrayal and we want to go down there, but they're unwilling to come and say it to your face. They're actually acting in a cowardly fashion. Mm -hmm. And then you just have to go, is it worth it to confront this person? Or do I just let them answer to the Lord at the end of their life? Like this is, I know that's intense, but like. I have had to get to that place. <laughs> it goes again with because the visual I'm cues. Like, yeah. Oh, I know. But I, I think for me, I have had to get to that place where whether it's with friends that used to be very close that I'm like, why are you talking about me to other people? Just come and talk to me. Let's have the hard conversation. So I can appreciate a brave conversation, even if it changes the relationship. Mm-hmm. What I can't appreciate is cowardly actions. And I don't want to. So even weighing that up going, do I want to confront that or is it worth it? And, and I think you have to ask yourself, what's worth your emotional energy? Because everyone's different. Everyone is different. So Devin, for you, something that's totally worth it may not be worth it for Jordan or for myself. I'd be like, don't touch that conversation. But you're like, nope, I want to. It means something to me. Jordan so finds where... it a lot more worth it with more people than I do. Yeah, but... I engage with this. Uh, I, I just close the apps and go away. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we have a sect of friends that I don't think he's talked to in a minute. And I still yeah. engage with them knowing yeah. full But guess well, what? I'm I have a lot more ridiculous. peace. <laughs> hey, I still have peace, brother. I know, I know. <laughs> Anyway, is Look, I'm, I'm a I'm a small, feeble, little petty man, and I have to, you know. <laughs> well, okay, you're it's making me laugh, but I do. Feeble. Yeah. yeah, whatever. I do feel like I have to say one more thing. Yeah, I I would say this too. Always, always, always submit it to Jesus and, mm-hmm. and ask the Holy Spirit. Do you? What do you want me to do here? Yeah, and then whatever God asks you to do, be obedient to that, because then you answer for that. Yeah. I I remember being in one of the uh, discussions on on race uh, that the college put on and uh, legend had come. Right. And I I had asked him specifically, I said, legend is a local rapper and 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 pastor. He's a Christian rapper. He's a a good man. Sometimes. usually. He's yeah, he's pretty he's pretty insightful. And uh, so he came and spoke and I had asked him, I remember uh, in kind of the little Q&A, I said, 
you know, at the time you're kind of on fire, like you want to change everybody's mind and let everybody become, yes. come aware of how terrible and deeply embedded racism still is. And I'm like, how do you go about like just changing the entire world, right? You know, we all want to be exceptional, especially in America where everything's got to be, you know, exceptional. And he's like, you know, you just have to focus on what your assignment is first mm -hmm. and foremost. Ask God what your assignment is. And I think a lot of us, you know, clearly myself included, spend too much time focusing on assignments that are not ours. Yes. You know, to, to your point, I need to walk that out before I tell other people that because I'm constantly telling my son, my oldest son, stop parenting your little brother. That's not up to you. He's not your assignment. I will handle it. But meanwhile, I'm not even <laughs> living that out in my own life, you know, so yeah. <laughs> You got to oh know his kids are only like one and two. Oh, get so. out of here. <laughs> <They're>, <laughs> the old, the oldest just turned. Then. Oh, yeah, they're very intense. Yeah, it's their mother. <laughs> their mother's very intense. No, uh, oh, got it. He's uh, my oldest is eight and my youngest is is five. And they uh, yeah, they're, they're 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 oh, they're just a delight. Let me tell you. I mean, they really are. It's okay. No, they oh are. I'm just, yeah. you know, again, I'm inherently selfish and they've, they've drained me of all my resources and time and money and, you hey, know, but, but that's okay. But you're self-aware that you're inherently selfish. Yeah. So that's helpful yeah, when you yeah. come into any relationship. I right? heard something on a TV show the other night where this character was lamenting and they're like, you know, God's just so cruel because he, he made me, you know, smart enough to be aware of my shortcomings, but not smart enough to actually fix them. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, oh man, that's uh, that's what? insightful because I think a lot of people get that way, you know. Yeah, oh that's when you got a wisdom. God, give me that yeah. wisdom. Yeah, uh -huh. <laughs> yeah. I don't know this. You guys have children, and I have. I've been a dad, but I didn't conceive any of them suckers. So, uh, you know, God bless you. You keep yep. talking about this. I'll, I'll take notes. I'll take notes. I'm just kidding. <laughs> I'm just kidding. But yeah, I do love. Uh, I don't know. I'm gonna keep it old school. I love the fact that this book really gives anyone who reads it the proper process for, I would even say, a sanctification concerning emotional intelligence. Mm -hmm. I, I really love, and, and I know I'm just kind of taking a moment because I don't really think I have a question attached to this, but it's just kind of the observation of what the book was and what it's about. And I think specifically, what was it, the self-preservation chapter for you with mm -hmm. uh, the tragic Christmas <laughs> day. Oh my God. Yeah. Dude, so dramatic. I'm so sorry. Dramatic. And, and also, can, can I say, I, I took my notes, but I actually didn't read this. I got the audio book and to my that's pleasant awesome. surprise, Andy Andrew is the one that's narrating it, which I think needed to happen anyway, because oh. only she is going to be able to provide the voice for that, especially specifically that occasion. Like, I know that you went through it. I know that was rough for you, but I got to be honest, I almost had to pull the car over. Uh, <laughs> you were feeling <laughs> yeah. yeah, No, because I, I was laughing so much. Without knowing um, the stories, <laughs> without having heard the stories and gone through it, it seemed like it could be a little self-involved. I'm going to narrate my own book, but, you know, when it's very personal, it makes sense, you know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, a little bit, a little bit. Yeah, yeah. Nah, it was it was great. It was great. It was great. So yeah, let's uh let's work through the back half then as well. Yeah. Um, you know, un uh, <laughs> uncomplicating all the things. Now, first first and foremost, why all the things? Because uh, oh. do you feel like you can do that in a in a book? I mean, in a lifetime. Yeah, in a yeah, lifetime. I, was about to say, yeah. I, was I mean, like, no. <laughs> That's why, because you know, when you're like, I don't put a list here, but I'm just going to write all the things, all the things that come to mind. <laughs> but no, you cannot address it all in one book. But I hopefully give people enough starting points to realize 
and like you said, have enough emotional intelligence and discernment to lean into the areas where they need to uncomplicate things and be intentional. Because once you take ownership of your own emotions and life and actions and issues and start to walk in healing for yourself and stop expecting everybody else to be the catalyst for you, then, then you start to be aware of where do I need to be intentional to grow? <laughs> and so, yeah, I think that that, that for me is why I just tried to touch on a few things that I, I thought would be good starters for people to be able to rebuild. Cause that's the case right now too. It's is if we look around, call it the church, capital C, the, the, the planet we're in a place of just, uh, we're still breaking. Some things are still being broken down, but also there's a lot of rebuilding that's starting to take place. And so, and that mainly, really, if you think about it, where do, where does everything start? It starts with relationship, relationship with God, relationship with one another. So there's a rebuilding of a lot of people's relationship with God. I think that's where with, um, and I hope this is okay to say, when people deconstruct, there's not necessarily something wrong with that unless you stay in a deconstruction mode. You have to rebuild and reconstruct on the foundation of Jesus Christ. And you cannot do it in a vacuum. You can't do it alone. And so I know people have had a lot of questions and they have separated in their relationships, but there's a healthy way to go about these things. And I think that that it's become like a bad word, the bad word, the D word. (laughs) But I think the only way it's really bad is if you don't rebuild on, you got to stay in the word of God. You've got to stay in community and you've got to rebuild on Christ. And I think that that's what's happening right now, whether we want to call it that or not, that's what's happening with our relationships. That's what's happening with the church. So that's why they're really the, the, the back half of the book is really just starters for people to begin to rebuild building blocks to help people to do that. Yeah, I think that that's actually nailing the, uh, or, yeah, you get the point. Whatever it is on the head, that's what you nail. Um, <laughs> I don't know where I was with that. Uh, but I know, yeah. I was like, what is that saying? I don't know. Anyway. I don't know. We, we, we got it. We you got hit the hammer on the nail. What? Nail on the head. Hit the nail, <laughs> nail on the head. Yeah, nail on there the head. Go. Thank you. Uh-huh. No, nail on the head. Yeah, I knew what it was. Devin. Okay, I was just whatever. mocking uh, you. Oh, thanks. Yeah. Appreciate it, buddy. <laughs> yeah, way to go. But no, in, in all seriousness, I think that that's exactly... Uh, what what this season is, I think it's a season where uh, I put it this way, and it's funny because all my dudes cringe when I say it, but I don't care. It's like uh, the bride needs to start saying yes to the dress. And so, you know, yes. it, it, like corporately, as we're all coming together and people are, I, and I agree too, uh, deconstructing is something that I realized I inadvertently did in grad school. Uh, so thank you to my school, whether they they would probably cringe <laughs> hearing that, but they'll get over it. But I, I do, I think it's, it's it's something that we're doing now and as we're doing it, a lot of folks are realizing that there are certain elements that are not going to be a part yeah. of this. So when we put the makeup on, when we put on the dress, when we find our something old, new, borrowed blue, you know, there are going to be some pieces that, that can't come along uh, on mm. the journey. And so, you know, I do think that uh, part of that really does drill itself or connect itself or really solder itself to the understanding of what relationships are going to be in the kingdom. Because without yeah. that, you know, I think that that is ultimate. It's crazy because what you were just saying, look, if you if you know anything about this podcast, we, we take people off. You go wherever the heck you feel you, feel you need to go. <laughs> but I think what it is is also it's, it's going to be the official line in the sand. You know, when Jesus says, lay it all down, pick up your cross, follow me. People forget 
that that crucifixion or that baptism of suffering, that's a part of the process as well. And we have to say yes to that. And I think some of these relationships as they've been modeled currently or the issues in them, the complexities of them, I think that that embodies the understanding of what's happening when we say yes to, because when we say yes to, we also have to say no to, you know, forsake all others. And I think that's really a part of what's happening. So I definitely, I celebrate that. So I have my answer, but I just want to know on your end, if you could sum your book up in one word, what do you think it would be? Oh, I get only one word. Yeah, I got to make it difficult. Man. That's really difficult. I know, right? Isn't it great? Oh, I'm such a word, multiple word person. I know you are. I That's what makes sense. I was like, because ah, Andy is so wax, to, she's so wax poetic in all her stuff. So I was just like, oh, let me, let me give her a have word. You're going to like edit the long. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's, that's honestly, it's almost like, it's just rude. <laughs> it's not rude. I know she can do it. I believe in her. Well, no, because the only thing I think of is do the work. But I. Can we, because, can we put hyphens? Is that. <laughs> Well, sure, sure, why not? Yeah. <laughs> the other one. Uh, can I can I actually know what your word is? Sure, I'm not so, a problem. I'm, no. This is so helpful. Okay. To like think about your book in one word. I've never done that. Uh, I feel real popular right now. All right, cool. Um, but yeah, so my one word for your book is risk. <gasps> That's so good. It's my even it's a tiny little word too. Is also risk. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, you know, I just, I thought about as I was listening, but still reading the book, you know, I thought about exactly what you, the picture you were painting and it's a, it's a beautiful picture, but it's a dangerous picture. And it's basically say, you know, we think of the word risk and, you know, we redefine things here frequently. And so, so many people, when they hear the word risk, it's like, ah, don't go there. Yeah. In this instance, it's the understanding that concerning these relationships mm-hmm. and what was it, the Michael Scott thing you were talking about, whatever chapter. Oh my. Yeah, exactly. You know, the spirit <laughs> no of doubt Michael about Scott. it. Mm-hmm. I'm ready to get hurt uh, again. Exa- you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. exactly. You know, so so it's, it's just that understanding that when you're dealing with people and all of their imperfection, and I think that's another big issue too, that if, if we have two seconds to unpack, I might ask you to do that because I think that the issue in our church and in our culture is that we have a habit of deifying people and humanizing 100%. God. Whoa, wait, wait, say that again. Yeah, deifying people and humanizing God. And I think in that process, we've really kind of messed up the Whoa. understanding of how a faith even works. But like I said, we, we can come back to that. Well, that. That can be like a bonus episode or something. Yeah. We're going to be doing stuff like that. So I cool. just, Can I quote you on that sure. somewhere? Sure, not That's a problem. wild. <laughs> Sorry, my brain is like, Anyway, keep going. I'm so sorry. Um, But in in doing so, what what happens is we put more glory or more weight in the relationship with the person than we actually do with God in the process. And what it does is it kind of, I don't know, I'll just say frazzles because I just want to use that word. It frazzles the approach that we have with people where we think that if we do the wrong thing, then we're outcasted, we're not a part of this anymore, and therefore we are cast out just like Adam and Eve are cast out of the garden. And it's not the same deal. Uh, So, you know, for me, I think that the risk is that we continue to really approach these imperfect people and we do it through that same Christocentric that that Jesus at the center lens that we're supposed to be using. Uh, And even if they do hurt us, you know, again, it's the model of Jesus. I'm glad to be a broken record. We know that, you know, he him and those who followed him 
those his disciples, all except one, died of old age, ended up being killed in ways that, you know, yeah. thank God we're not being martyred. But again, yeah. and they did it because they loved people. That's the craziest part about it. <laughs> you try to These tell people Christians aren't being martyred today. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, you know, the, the keystrokes from the ninja keyboard. Yeah, yeah sure. They're just I mean, killing goodness. everybody left So right. much persecution. Yeah, oh, but that's not so what's hard. actually happening. You know? so, so that's where I got risk from because it's always going to be worth the risk with, you know, I think high risk, high yeah. Reward. And I think actually it was kind of a yeah. fork in the road. So with the risk, the other thing that you showed us was that there's always a warning attached. And the warning mm -hmm. is more so in the realm of the emotional health. To be emotionally healthy, do you retract or do you actually press in? Or do you discern and know mm -hmm. which is which? And so the warning has its fork. And then finally, mm -hmm. in the end, you know, the end result, depending on your choices, and it's always going to be your choices and you can't get mad at God for them, is the reward or it's chaos. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I'd, I'd rather choose reward. And sometimes yeah. reward doesn't look the way people think it looks like. Sometimes reward is the end of a friendship, yeah. you know? And so, yeah, I just, I, so I celebrated it because as I was listening to this book and just thinking about relationships or friendships, because it is complicated, yeah. you have to be able to celebrate complication. Because if not, that means you really can't read the Bible for all it's worth because there are so many different complications in it, you know? So, yes. I don't know, that's me. I just, I, can we say amen? And like, I need to go and just re-listen to what you just said. That was so good. I'm trying. Wow. I'm, I'm hyper impressive because Andy Andrews on my podcast. No, mm. I'm just kidding. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Yeah. I'm, I'm kind of actually speechless because I, I think that that, what you just said was so helpful. And if people can rewind and go listen to that again, because you're right. I think that that's, that's what I've realized in and through this whole thing of following Jesus, pastoring, leading, doing all the things is that it, relationships are worth the risk and that it has been some of the most painful things that have had re relationships. Where, where does wounding come from in relationship with other people? <laughs> mm, yeah. <laughs> but also True. where can healing come from? in relationship with other people. Yeah. So you just, it is worth the risk. And I think that that is the thing is that that's why I had to address self-preservation and isolation because we can do that so easily, even in a crowd of people. And we have to be so aware of what we're doing, but gosh, thank you for sharing all of that. I, I feel like I'm mumbling now. That was so powerful. Oh man, he's going to get I such a big head now. <laughs> I promise I will. Oh, he's going to be, he's going to be glowing for a week. Yeah. <laughs> you know, just, just briefly before we go, just because you both kind of brought it up and touched on it, the, and we talk about the Capital C Church a lot. And uh, I have a lot of concern about the future of the church in general, just because so many of these, these things that, I mean, first we're talking about relationships and, and kind of this individual and inward looking things. If a lot of leadership in the church today is not willing to do that, which we know to be true, I mean, what does the impact of the future of the church look like? Because we know the church is many parts, but one body. But if we're going through this deconstruction and parts of that body are not willing to deconstruct, how, how on earth do we make that work? Because there's this, I mean, these fractures have always kind of been there, but now it's like a full fault line, right? Like we've, yeah. we've had enough things that actually caused the fault line to, to start, you know, quaking. And so all these little fractures that have been there between denominations and beliefs and evangelical and non-evangelical and whatever it is have now really, they're starting to show. And uh, I'm, I'm concerned about the future of the church in general. <laughs> so I guess that's more of a statement than a question, but, but being yeah, in leadership no, at think, a church, I guess you, you could address that. So. Yeah. I think there's uh there's what's happening right now 
And then there is the biblical cosmic plan, right? Mm -hmm. And I think we're, we're caught in this moment that is very difficult, that there is a fault line. But I also see in these moments that look like and feel like and are like, and some of it is catastrophe, there is so much opportunity for God to birth what he wants to birth. And I think when you read the Bible and you look at history, these things have happened time and time again. It's just that we happen to be alive. Yeah. It's our time yeah. and it's very difficult. And I always go back to, I believe it's in Matthew 15, where Jesus says to Peter, and I will build my church and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. And even when it feels like the gates of hell are prevailing, I have to go back to, but what did Jesus say? Mm -hmm. And even if it looks like there's only a remnant that remains or a certain few that are still building, I mean, he said he would build this church. So I just, there's where I just have so much hope still. Cause I'm like, ultimately it's Jesus bride and he's going to have his way. If that makes sense. And not in a, it, that's a very, maybe the wrong line to use, but in the sense of the pruning, the cutting off, the dividing lines, the shaking, What's it doing? You are saying she needs to say yes to the dress, but we know when we look at the dress of the bride, a bride doesn't walk down the aisle with her dress all torn up, ripped and tattered with blood and, you know, guts all over it. Like she walks down the, the, the aisle pure. So if this is a purifying of the bride right now, then that gives me hope. It's difficult. It's not fun, but it also gives me hope because I, my hope is in, in Christ. And so I don't know. I just think sometimes it's like when I look at, like I said, I look at history and I read the Bible and it's the most dramatic book in the world. Yeah. <laughs> and you yeah. see that the through line has been Christ and redemption that will remain no matter what we see, no matter what we face until he returns for his bride. And that's up to him when he returns. Like even Jesus doesn't, only God does. So it's like, he knows when, and if it's smaller than we thought or bigger than we thought, I think we as Western Christians were like, well, what the bride needs to look like is A, B, and C, and then he'll come back. We don't know. We just need. <laughs> well, come you know back. What? Don't come back until Jordan has some kids so he can feel his pain. Oh, chill but, out. <laughs> I used to say, don't come back. Like, I, I remember when uh, Endgame was coming out. It was like January and Endgame was coming out in like May. And I'm like, if Jesus can just wait to come back until I see Endgame, at least, like, can you just do that? For, yeah. Do a solid for me. Sure. You know, we're supposed to pray and be specific. But like, then he so, should have came know, back after that before it turns. Yeah. So yeah. that, yeah. Yeah. But then we, but then we wouldn't have seen, <laughs> but then we wouldn't have seen Spider-Man. That's just true. So, you know, yeah, yeah, you know, yeah, it's okay. fine. Right. Again, redemption. Uh, he always finds a way to redeem. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I'm no. so excited. Oh, that's great. Yeah, spoiler-free podcast, I guess. When do we get to, when, when can we give I spoilers? Know, I, I don't know. I don't so let I mean, me tell you about what happened in Casablanca. Yeah. Chill out. Oh, my God. 80th anniversary of Casablanca right now. It's in theaters, actually, for all you movie heads. What? So, yeah. Yeah, he's, so a, he's a cinephile. So, no, he's a cine yeah. He knows all things Got it. Bit of a nerd. All things Yeah, Yeah, definitely. I don't know. I, I guess I was supposed to answer the question too. I'll try and keep it to the Yeah, because you're a pastor now too. So oh, yeah, that's right. how that's are right. you going I to single-handedly ruin the bride? Uh, <laughs> I don't know. Botox. No. Well, that could help, I guess. Yeah, I mean, it. you know, I just, I remember the understanding that the, the bridegroom is a prophet and John 16, uh, You know, we have to remember that in John 16, he's telling his disciples all these crazy, ridiculous, horrible things are about to happen. But then he says it, and without word again, he says, but I tell you these things that you may have peace in me. That's the most ironic statement ever. Right, right. Like, yeah, this is going to happen. I'm going to get killed. Yeah. You're all going to get scattered. But I told you these things that you may have peace in mm -hmm. me. The monsters yeah, are man. coming, but don't worry That's about it. it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, 
But, you know, at the end, he says, you know, you'll endure many trials, face many sorrows, but take heart for I have overcome the world. And that's how you know Jesus is a prophet, because when I look at the world right now, it don't look overcome at all. I think I'll, I'll tie it to this, this one other piece. Uh, I just remember Isaiah chapter 11, verse 11, if I'm correct, where it talks about uh, the stump that shoots out from uh, the bush, the stump from the seed of Jesse or David. And we know prophetically also that that was Jesus. But I just remember doing some research in that. And I remember the tree specifically uh, that they would be making mention of in that part of Isaiah would be the terebinth tree. And it's a lot of different details on the terebinth tree, really, really large in circumference, uh, really a lot of different things. But the one thing I remember about the tree is how resilient it is, because I guess during those times, they would have series of like brush fires or fires that would ruin the land. But the tree was so resilient that it would not die. And the first thing that you would see is the stump that shoots up or the, the shoot coming out of the stump. And so mm-hmm. I just love the, the imagery in that because it just lets you know, hey, right now our whole world is on fire, but there's a stump mm-hmm. and out of it is shooting up. There's one thing that we need to hold on to, and that is our hope. And as long as I have that hope, I have a funny feeling that no matter what ridiculous conversations or people calling people antichrist or, you know, whatever <laughs> we're going to encounter. Oh, I can I still remember my first one. I, I know you remember. Yeah, I know. It was fun. We've had a lot um, of antichrists in the last 10 years, yeah. it seems like. Yeah. No, I'm, I mean, a lot. Mine was, in 20, yeah, mine was in 2020, <laughs> but whatever. Yeah. But yeah, as long as we have that, um, and as long as we can hold on to that, that no matter what it looks like here, uh, we know that he's already overcome it. And so we get to celebrate that. And so I just do that in advance by faith. And I think that, I think we're going to be all right. Uh, I, put, I put my Kendrick on. Well, well good. I yeah. trust both of you that we'll get through it. Yeah, I, I trust her. So <laughs> it works. I'm normally more optimistic than this. You know, <laughs> I know you did just kind of come and bleed yeah. all over the track today. Guys. That's all right. You know, I'm just speaking for the wounded, I, love it. I think. You yeah, know. yeah. No, that's good. That's good. Well, Andy, 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 Andy. God, I feel like we need to do this again. And I already forgot what the question was for the bonus bonus topic. So I'm gonna have to go back through that, which means you automatically have to come back. It's mandatory. Okay. Yeah. All right. Yeah. So we'll just be we'll ready a, for that. We can do a road trip and meet up with her sometime. That'd be fun. Dude, that's wow. what I'm saying. It's game, yeah. yo. I feel like that's that's the move. Like, you know you just messed I'll have up. You right? on my podcast. Yeah. I'll be on yours. Yeah, that sounds stall. great. Now you really messed up. I've, I've already planned it out in my mind. So I get to do that. I'm gonna stop in Charlotte and go see Derwin. And I'm gonna go stop in Durham and go see Sharon and Ike. And I'm gonna go see you. And then we're gonna make it to Atlanta. My, yeah, my, my fam is in Atlanta already. So Kaylee done messed up full big. Like that's where I was born and raised. So yeah that's a good idea do the road trip and oh yeah just, oh yeah it's gonna and be so then great. Record, hit record while you do the road trip I was gonna, oh yeah exactly <laughs> he was glowing when those bulldogs finally did it yeah. <laughs> you have no idea dogs yes yes but uh, andy andy seriously thank you thank you thank you thank you for coming and hanging out with us and having this conversation um guys uh please definitely go get the book friendship or in this case for us relationship it's complicated mm-hmm. um and where can people find you so i guess the easiest way to find me would be all things are on my website, just andyandrew.com. So that's got, you can, my books there, all of that sort of stuff. And my social media handle handles are all the same too. So it's just at Andy Andrew. So, and it's spelled with an I, Andy mm-hmm. with an I. And there's and no Andrew S. With, yep. with no S. Yep. <laughs> yeah. No S on the end. Yep, yep, indeed, indeed. So yeah, definitely please look her up, find her, follow her. Love all of her stuff because it's, it's freaking dope. Uh, and as always, regardless of what the name of the podcast will be, uh, please continue to be inspired to inspire because that is what the inspired one does. I'm Jordan. I'm Devin. 
and we will catch you next time, people. One love, stay safe. 2A1G Podcast is birthed by the Inspired One Enterprises. Executive and co-producers, Jordan Brown and Devin Chandler. Editing and engineering, Lauren Price. Graphics and creative engagement, Alyssa Wise. Intro song for 2A1G done by Dave Hummel Music. Interlude and outro music, Colin Brown. Voiceover experience for 2A1G done by none other than the original, the Reverend Dr. Clarence R. Brown Jr. Thanks, Pop. And thank you, everybody else, for listening again. Please find us on FB and IG at 2A1G Podcast. And don't forget to like, subscribe, and share this experience with your world. Thank you once again. And until next time, please do your part to ensure the truth continues to reclaim the fringes. Peace.